Hello, lovelies. This is Tracy Sue, and you are listening to What Would Tracy Sue Do? Where we ask better questions about things that matter. I hope that you are having a good time during the international quarantine. I am moving some content over to my Patreon page. Uh, Patreon is sort of like a private um, social media feed. Let's call it that. It's like a private social media feed. It allows me to share information, uh, share classes, share all kinds of content, other podcasts, videos, blogs. Like I have created all of this content over the years that's so incredibly useful. Um, and I love Patreon because it allows me to put that information out to the world without requiring me to fling it all over the internet and hope that I grab someone's attention. So certain people have followed what I do um, all the way from the girl revolution, which I start writing in 2007, January of 2007. So I uh, blogged there, I um, created books and content about empowering girls. And then I moved into life coaching and law of attraction. Oh my goodness, I created so much content uh, that is about what do you want to attract in your life now? Gosh, that thing right here right now is key. What do you want to attract in your life right now? I'm going to do a whole podcast episode about manifestation and law of attraction and how that makes sense in terms of this mass quarantine and this mass shuffling of cards, which is like, it's like, okay, well, it's a massive shuffle on the globe right now. We've all been attracting change. What do we want to make? What do we want to make this world to be? So look forward to that podcast. Come over to Patreon at patreon.com slash Tracy Sue, T-R-A-C-E-E-S-I-O-U-X. Patreon.com slash Tracy Sue. You can find me there. I'll have all kinds of classes and um, we can chit chat more and get more intimate experience and... Um, Patreon and this podcast are probably the ways I'm going to be sharing my gifts with you uh, so that I can consolidate my own energy and be as effective as possible. Okay, let's talk about how to be alone. Now, I am phenomenal at being alone. It is one of my greatest gifts is my ability to be alone. When you meet me, I appear as someone who is very extroverted and outgoing because I'm cheerful and I smile at people and I look people in the eye and I am not shy. I am outgoing and straightforward and warm and inviting. And that is all true. I also, like right now on the podcast, can be authoritative and um, directional and assertive that is all true as well. And I'm an introvert. I'm a pretty significant introvert also. I'm the kind of introvert that has to talk herself into going to a social event. And sometimes for months on end, that's just not in the cards. It's not healthy. Uh, I mean, me going into public is not healthy. Not me introverting is unhealthy. I have figured out a way to introvert in very healthy ways. So, um, yeah, I can go without a social event for a long period of time, a long period of time. And part of that is started, um, I, I mean, I've always been this way. I've always been able to be alone. I've always been able to, uh, enjoy alone time, to use alone time, to use alone time very well. Um, and as someone who, uh, picks up other people's feelings, so let's call it an empath, right? When I go out into the world, I pick up energy. I pick up how other people are feeling, even if they don't say things out loud. 
I can pick up, if I'm in a close relationship with a person, this big struggle for me to not feel their feelings. So it took me a long time to understand that their feelings are not my feelings. And it uh, still takes me a long time to create appropriate energetic boundaries, spiritual boundaries around that. And it can get very confusing if you're this type of person because suddenly you'll be thinking things that are not like yours, your own thoughts. You'll be feeling things, craving things. I, therefore, when I'm in vulnerable periods, tend to isolate. And I don't mean isolate like, well, whatever you think that means. What I mean by isolate is... Um, take more time alone. I need a lot of time to process information, quiet time, uh, still time to process information. Gosh, yesterday I had to fill out some forms to keep my Medicaid updated and I, I hit a, a paralysis because I was unsure um, how to fill out a few of the entries. And I just like, I, I, I need time to be able to process what's happening, right? Like everybody has ways of processing some healthy, some not healthy. Mine tend to be about being alone, right? I need a lot of alone time in order to make myself a person who can function in the world. Now I understand that this is not true for everyone. And I understand that a lot of people are very concerned about what the hell are they going to do at home <laughs> by themselves all day, every day until who knows when. Well, friends, I am an expert at what to do when you're alone. <laughs> I am so good at this. It is such cherished time for me, honestly. Like I actually get to spend a lot of time alone. Um, I'm divorced, so every other weekend the kids go to my dad her, to their dad's house. Okay, so I do get these periods of five days. I have a stretch of five days where I am alone twice a month, um, and then there are some other days that I am alone as well. So I can actually be alone for five straight days and not like physically interact with someone. And I feel fine about that. I don't, I don't have, I don't have any, you know, anxiety or depression or uh, despair about that. I just am very good at being alone. Usually people, what you're afraid of are your thoughts. <laughs> That's why people don't want to be alone because then you're alone with yourself. So really, really, really what you want to do in order to love being alone is to cultivate a self you want to hang out with. <laughs> do you want to hang out with yourself? Are you cultivating or have you cultivated or better yet, would you like to cultivate a self that you want to hang out with? I think that's the key to enjoy alone time, right? Um, many people cannot. Like when you, when you first really confront yourself, your thoughts, your feelings, your inner life, one of the best compliments I think I've ever gotten is that I have a vivacious inner life because I truly do. I have a very vivacious inner life. I am very self-aware because I have put a lot of time and energy into cultivating a self. So sometimes I will look at other people and be like, man, that person just seems off. And it's because they have not cultivated a self. They have not sat down and taken any time to examine who they are, what their motivations are, what mode, I mean, just who, who, who the fuck are you? And those people cannot bear to be alone. So to cultivate a self, you have to really be self-accepting about what interests you, what doesn't interest you, um, what, uh, what you enjoy doing, what you don't enjoy doing, um, 
taking a good hard look at yourself can be a good time. And you have to be comfortable though, looking at yourself and seeing things that perhaps make you uncomfortable. All right. This is the perfect time to do that because we're sort of in an enforced evaluation period. That's what this is. This is a forced evaluation period. The world is not going to look the same at the end of this. It's not. It's not going to look the same at the end of this. Your world in particular will not look the same at the end of this. So this period in time can be used if we are wise to reevaluate what we're doing, who we are, who we're hanging out with, where we go to work, how we work, where we live, everything, right? We can reevaluate everything. This is like this is like the universe screaming, "Be still and know that I am God." Okay? Be still and know that I am God. And this is how I spend most of my time. <laughs> like in life is by being still and knowing that I am God. That is what I do in life a lot. I have some tools that I would like to share with you if you are feeling restless or anxious or you don't know what to do with all this feeling. Okay? There are some things that I use that I want to offer you as an option. Um, to deal with anything that's coming up for you, anger, fear, anxiety, trauma, right? Like we are going through a collective trauma right now. And I know a thing or two about collective trauma, having witnessed 9-11 when I was eight months pregnant. Collective trauma is something that I have had to heal and um, continue to work with for the last 18 years since that happened. And it took a very dramatic, I mean, very dramatic impact on my own personal life and my family. We lived in New York City at the time. It changed, it just, it just changed everything. And I've been working on a whole series about trauma. It's not related specifically to this trauma, uh, of, of 9-11. It is applicable to all traumas, um, that will be pound, I'm sorry, that will be found on Patreon, uh, tracysue.com slash Patreon or patreon.com slash tracysue, either way. Okay. You've got time on your hands. And doing nothing is actually critical to self-awareness. But while you're doing nothing, things are going to come up, right? If you have never meditated before, I feel like I should have a gendered conversation about this. There are brains that literally can think nothing. Like I, I read about this often um, in relationship uh, books or material, right? So the man says he's thinking nothing. It's a cliche even, right? And she's like, you are not thinking nothing. That's not possible because truly it is virtually impossible to get some brains to do nothing. The act of having a still brain and to think nothing is a lifetime of meditation, right? Like you, it could take you an entire lifetime of meditation to be able to sit still and think nothing for five minutes. And that's with practice, right? Every day I sit down and try to think nothing for five minutes. Every day I sit down and try to think nothing for five minutes. There are bajillion benefits to meditation. We know that science tells us that there is no refuting that Prayer and meditation makes your personal life better and the world better. It makes your mental health better. You can meditate yourself thin, right? Like you can meditate, like your mind can do many, 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 many lovely, lovely things. So I could, like many spiritual leaders, tell you just meditate 20 minutes a day. 
but I can meditate 20 minutes a day and my mind will literally get no rest. I started to sort of think of these things differently. Like I, I've started to think of my mind being able to rest as different than a practice of meditation. I incorporate both and I have a lot of spiritual hacks. Okay. I have a lot of hacks in my life. Essentially, my mode of living is, oh, I have a problem there because I have this habit. How can I use this habit to create, to fix this problem? Right. So I have a lot of hacks about, you know, how I manage my food intake or my exercise or my sleep or yes, even my meditation. And I want to share with you a few things that really help me in terms of being alone with myself, being alone with my thoughts that actually makes these things very pleasurable. So first you have simple sitting meditating right? You can Google any kind of meditation now. On YouTube, oh my gosh, I am in love with YouTube as a spiritual tool. Truly, that is pretty much how I use YouTube now. You can YouTube um, all kinds of guided meditations. If you have trouble focusing on nothing, right, then you could use a mantra And you can go on YouTube and you can have them walk you through an entire visualized meditation. So you'll be sitting on the sand and the waves are crashing. There's a bajillion, I mean, so many different kinds of meditations on YouTube. Um, I very much enjoy, um, Journaling. I journal like crazy. I fill books and books and books and books and books of journals over my life. And, you know, I had this friend, she took up journaling and like she took up class and, um, you know, she like had all of these like organized things that she was doing. That is not what I do. When I journal, I use it as a mind purge. Okay. So let's say you're feeling a feeling. And you don't want to feel that feeling anymore, but you don't know what to do with it, right? If you just tell yourself to shut up, be quiet, stop being so negative, that feeling will persist in you. It will remain with you. That feeling, that fear, that anger, that anxiety, that grief, that trauma, it needs to leave your body. It needs to leave your body. And I think this is where people get all kinds of screwed up in their mental and emotional health is because you're not giving those feelings. First of all, you can't deny the feeling. You have to accept the feeling. This is true. I feel this way. And you have to accept that and make it not a right or wrong thing. Like, I feel this way and I'm an asshole. Not helpful. I feel this way. And that is human. People feel feelings of anger irrationally. What? What? People feel feelings of anger irrationally? People feel feelings of hurt when they don't have a good reason? Are you kidding? That is news. It's not news. You are sometimes irrational about your feelings. Go figure. So instead of shaming that, you have to come to a place of acceptance about that and you have to get it out of your body. Maybe you can't see it clearly right? Maybe you're thinking like, I'm feeling this way about this, but really it's something else. So if I have these, these journal books that are, you know, a hundred, they change constantly. I buy them every time I fill in, I, every time I fill one up, I fill up another one to get the feelings that I have out. I put them on the page. I just write, there's no editor. They're not for publication. They're just your own private thoughts. Like when I was a kid, uh, Mormons are really into journaling. And that was more about like a diary of your activities, right? Okay, like a calendar. Here's what we did today. Here's, you know, that kind of thing. No, this is an emotional purge. This is not a categorical historical account of your life. 
And this is not a, I'm going to write a book about this subject. This is the act of purging your emotions, your thoughts, the things that are in you that are kind of tripping you up or you need something to do with them. Put them on paper. Put them on paper. I don't care what it says. It does not matter if it's rational. Often when I am writing things, right, when I'm just journaling as fast as I can and writing things, it might be because I understand something new about myself, understand something new about my motivations. This is basically you writing about your inner life. You writing about your inner life. And your inner life is neither good nor evil. It's lovely. But we tend to put our feelings into these categories of you're wrong for thinking that or you're a bitch for thinking that or you're an asshole if you understood it that way. Our emotions, our thoughts, our stories change. If we're healthy human beings, they change. If we're working through them, they change. Over the course of time, they change. But that it was true for that moment is not a verdict on your worth as a human being. But it does need somewhere to go. It does need somewhere to go. That anger, that hurt, that whatever, it needs somewhere to go. That excitement, that joy, that needs to go somewhere too. Something someone says to you that it triggers something, like an emotional response in you, you can write that down in a journal. I am not a rereader. I never reread anything I ever journal. I put them on a shelf in my closet. That's that. I open another book. I start another one. There's no, uh, I do date them out of habit, I guess. I date them out of habit. Um, I do not put them in context. I will start writing in this middle of a thought and just continue to write until I don't have anything left to write. I will do this. I don't make this like a daily practice. Um, I do it often enough that I don't need that kind of discipline. Perhaps if you are um, wanting to do this as a spiritual practice in a more formalized way, you might call them morning pages. Some people call them morning pages. Um, and then they get up every morning and they journal for, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. And that's that. I'm sure that that has plenty of value in it. The way that I do it, though, it's not structured or formalized. I always have one of these journals available to me. And if I feel like something needs to leave my body either to be remembered or to purge, I can write that down. Sometimes I will use um, tarot cards or um, uh, what do they call the ones that they're not put in the tarot format. Um, you know, just cards. Like, you, I'm not talking about a playing deck, but cards that have images on them. Uh, there's so many different kinds. I will use those as writing prompts on occasion, right? If I am wrestling with something, and I don't know what to do about it. I might go to a deck of, um, I have these goddess tarot cards. And I also have um, uh, the art of love tarot cards. And I will pull a card that will then serve as a writing prompt. How does this, how does this relate to me? How does this relate to what I'm feeling right now? How does it relate to what I'm going through right now? Um, they have a little tiny description. And then I'll free write on it. I'll just free write. And sometimes it's the description that will get me. I'll read the description and I'll be like, oh, that's the thing. Like that's the belief that I'm operating with, or that's the key word that's triggering me. So I don't use the cards to tell my future. Tarot cards don't tell futures and neither do fortune tellers. What they can tell you is what's currently in your consciousness, what you're going through, what you're feeling, what you're afraid of, um, what you it, like there's already something in you and then you pull the card and you're like, oh, here's what this means to me right now. 
So I will write that. I might um, pull one. I might pull five and, you know, do a quick writing there. I use art a lot. I'm looking at my house. I use art a lot. <laughs> I believe in art as a medium uh, in spiritual practice and a medium in intention setting and a medium in emotional and mental health. I believe in art. I color. My house is fully stocked with coloring books, uh, coloring pens and gel pens and felt tip pens and sharpies are one of my favorite coloring tools. Um, coloring is interesting because it puts your brain into a place where it is sort of free wandering, right? You're not having like specific thoughts, but you can sort of feel them come in and go. There's something about coloring that does make it a fantastic thing to do while, like, watching the TV. I color when I'm watching TV a lot, um, especially in the winter. Winter seems like more of a coloring time of year. Certainly, while in quarantine, coloring can be amazing. And it tells you a lot about how you feel in terms of color choice. I believe in color as... Um, I believe in color as a way to increase your emotional vibration, right? So bright colors do make you feel more cheerful. There's science behind that. Um, certain colors can be more grounding. Like you can look up a color and it will have an emotional response to it. And I do pay attention to that when I'm choosing my clothes, uh, when I'm choosing paint for my house. Ooh, in quarantine, you could paint. Last year, oh my gosh. Last year, over the winter, I was going through some stuff and um, I didn't have any work. Uh, I was feeling a lot of anxiety. Um, I was not well uh, physically. And I painted. I mean, I highly recommend painting, redecorating, um, changing things up in your home. Now that you're there in quarantine, people, I quit living like this a long time ago. So I sometimes forget that most of the world is still racing from thing to thing to thing as fast as they can with no time to stop and breathe without really considering the objects in their life, without really considering the things that fill their time. I, I, I reached a point, um, you know, after 9-11 was a big point where I reached, where I had to seriously reevaluate how I was living and how I was going to live. It was a, um, it was a world changing event for sure. But for me personally, uh, having witnessed it, brought a baby into the world and lost a job <laughs> as a result, like it, it was, um, yeah, I, I changed the way I was living and I changed the way I, t I intended to live at that point. Um, and over the years, as I burnt myself out as an entrepreneur, um, uh, mom, uh, go, 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 go. So many responsibilities when I, when I got sick and burned myself, um, out from that, I, again, had to reevaluate how I'm going to live, right? And what I've discovered is that you can make your life um, much simpler. And I think we're at the point now as a globe that we're going to have to make things much simpler. But they, they just will become much simpler. So if you find yourself at home with a lot of time on your hands, um, I, I definitely would get some paint out and paint your house. I have found, um, organizing and clearing, uh, and painting and redecorating to be gorgeous activities, like beautiful activities to work through fear, to work through anger, to reevaluate what your, um, what your plans are, what your intentions are. How do you want your life to look? I think we're all being presented with this opportunity 
And um, I am more familiar with these processes than most people because I have been forced into them um, prior, maybe a little bit ahead of the majority of people on the planet. I've been forced into making these changes um, sooner. And so maybe I have something to offer in terms of um, helping you understand how to live alone and how to reevaluate what your plans are and how to tell what your real values are and how to look at your circumstances and be okay with your emotional response. Um, you know what? I carried shame around for a lot of my life and I don't, I don't do it like that anymore. Uh, you know, shame for whatever you're feeling shame about. Shit, people feel shame for watching too much television. That is another thing that I am going to tell you right now. Watch TV. Goodness. I think of television as a meditation. I watch a lot of television. While I'm watching television, I am doing things, right? I am processing information while I'm watching television. Like I am processing feelings while I'm watching television. As I said, I could sit still and try to think nothing and that could drive a person over the edge into insanity. I have found much better ways to rest my brain than meditation. Meditation is often not rest for the brain. And so don't feel shame that you're sitting down to meditate and you're not getting any peace out of it. Because that is actually pretty common. That is probably, actually, I'm going to state as a categorical fact. That is more common than someone sitting down and actually experiencing 20 minutes of non-thought. Okay, so really, it just becomes about what you're going to do with your brain. So I watch a lot of television, but I'm also very... um tapped into what I'm receiving from that. Okay. When I'm watching television, I'm conscious about what kind of emotional response or adrenal response or mental activity is this TV doing to me. So I'm not watching things that like there are things I cannot watch. I cannot watch things about our food system and not be really upset. I can't watch it because it's, it's, we are so disconnected from it that once you have the information, it becomes infuriatingly frustrating that we're doing it the way we're doing it. I cannot watch fucking news. Oh my God. I've watched more news in the past week than I have in the past well, since 9-11, like I, when they started showing those towers fall over and over and over and over and over and over and over, I realized that it was going to do this, uh, an amount of trauma to me that like I was, I witnessed 9-11. I saw it happen. I saw the second plane hit the second tower. But when I watched the towers fall, over and over and over as we all tuned in for information to tell us what was happening and what we were going to do, that they played that over and over and over. I understood the emotional and spiritual psychic impact that that was having was terribly destructive. The 24-hour news cycle is terribly destructive. I mean, it is so destructive. Every single thing that you watch that is at all inflammatory, which is 100% of things on Fox News, terribly destructive to the mental health, the emotional health, the psychic ability to process information, terribly destructive. You are not getting facts there. It doesn't matter whether they tell you a fact. They are telling you the fact in a way meant to inflame you into a pre-designed action. All right, so they're creating an emotional response in you on purpose to get you to behave in the way they want you to behave. In my opinion, that is not news. There is zero value to 24-hour news. None. Zero. Zilch. I stopped watching the news completely after 9-11. It is never, like, it's, it's considered worse than pornography in my house because it is inflammatory it is meant to manipulate you. 
into believing or taking action on things in a very calculated manner. Uh, and it's just not healthy to reach the levels of um, adrenaline and cortisol and uh, just surging craziness in your body. Like you, your body has a physiological response to that shit. And if you want to live a peaceful, calm, centered, grounded life, you cannot, you cannot allow your body to reach the cortisol, adrenaline, craziness that you reach when you're watching the news as it is today. Like you have to limit that if you want to feel like a grounded, sane person. Also, what happens when you stop watching that shit is that you get your information from places, again, not targeted to you by demographics, which is what social media does right? You want to be careful and you want that information to have as little emotion behind it, right? So I limit, like I, there are documentaries I cannot watch because it will produce a response in me that is unhealthy. Like it produces a chemical reaction in my body that is unhealthy. You know what I'm talking about. You too have those triggers. Right now, we have enough fear without compounding that, right? Like, turn that shit off. But in order to release your mind from that stuff, it does help sometimes to have a calming distraction, right? I can do um, certain kinds of stand-up comedy I find to be a great release. Laughter is a great release. Uh, exercise is a great release. Um so I do watch a lot of television. Uh, I am going to be most affected during this thing by exercise because the gym is often the only social activity. The only social activity that I often have is the gym. And now they've closed the gym. Oh, which sucks because I really was getting to a place where, um, you know, I was feeling really physically better than I felt in a lot of years. Um, just I could, my muscle tone is coming back and I was able to actually participate in all of the activities in my kickboxing class. Um, yoga, like I just, oh, it's so disappointing. But guess what? YouTube. Oh my gosh. YouTube. Yoga with Adrian. Everybody tune in to this beautiful, lovely woman. Yoga with Adrian. She has some really lovely yoga. You can do it in your living room. It's just as good as a regular instructor. Um, the benefit for me of doing it at the gym instead of with yoga with Adrian is that I often will blow it off. If it is not at a specific time, at a specific day. Uh, that's another big tip that I'll give you. As someone who has worked from home for 18 years, routine matters. Routine matters. It matters that you get up at the same time every day. It matters that you go to bed at the same time every day. It matters that you eat at the same time every day. It matters that you exercise at the same time every day. It matters that you keep a rhythm. Healthy bodies, healthy brains thrive on rhythm. Novelty is not really great for the brain. The brain just loves repetition. It loves habit. That's why it's so hard to break an addiction is because we thrive in environments with habits. We thrive on repetition. The less choices you have to make, the better, right? One thing that I've learned about getting quiet with yourself and making your life run smoothly with as little upset as possible, it's all about reducing the number of choices that you make by creating almost everything into a habit pattern. Reducing the number of choices that you have to make 
is all about increasing habits and not changing the pattern, right? So you just do everything at the same time every day and you're going to be fine. I get up at 7 a.m. I go to bed at 10 o'clock. I use Apple's um, reminder alarm technology to sort of track that and monitor that. You watch the same shows, right? Like YouTube now, they put out shows once a week, a lot of these um, places, and it's actually pretty healthy to tune in when that's happening because it gives your your body something to ground on, right? To watch a YouTube video, you can watch it anytime, yes. But also, if you watch it at the time of release, there's something about that that grounds you, So keeping a routine is really key to being at home and not going mad, uh, especially in terms of exercise, sleeping, waking, eating, going to bed, um, meditating, all of those, like the more rhythm you can put in your life, the better you will fare during a quarantine. Um, Getting dressed every day. When I go out in public, I look really cute. And I tell people I'm not dressing up for other people. I'm dressing up for myself. And I mean that. And when I say I mean that, I mean, if I don't go anywhere, and remember, I can spend five days by myself without seeing another human being. Most of the time, I am not spending those five days with like ratty hair, schlumpadinka style, in the, you know, first of all, don't even have clothes that have holes in them. Get rid of those and buy yourself some decent clothes. You don't have to have a ton of clothes, but the clothes that you do have, they should be comfortable. They should be attractive. They should make you feel good. I dress according to how I want to feel, not as a reflection of my feelings, because I promise you, I guarantee you, I swear to you that if you put on a bright orange beautiful shirt, you will feel happier, more optimistic, more excited, more likely to laugh, more whimsical than if you put on a black shirt. I guarantee it. Try me. Test it. Take the challenge. So I dress in my home. If I'm never going to go anywhere, I dress up as if I want to be the brightest, most glowing thing in the room because it changes the way that I feel. I promise you, if you are putting on the prettiest clothes every day, the most colorful every day in quarantine, you will feel happier than the person who is putting on black sweatpants and a black sweat top. I promise you it's true. So color in my home, on my body, in my lipstick, in my nail polish, it has a very significant impact. A very significant impact on my emotional and mental health and well-being. Very significant. I do not put on schlumpadinga garbage to go to the gym. I put on a cute top to go to the gym. It matters. My sneakers are the brightest orange you ever saw. And it's not so that other people can judge me as attractive. It is because I have to look at myself in the mirror. Try me. If you want to improve your sanity during quarantine, put your prettiest clothes on. I mean, all summer long, I wear pretty sundresses. It takes so much less time for me to throw a sundress over my head than it does to wear crappy sweatpants. And yet people think I am spending time and energy on it. I am spending time and energy on being selective with what I buy so that when I wear it, it feels really comfortable and it also looks really fun and cute and pretty and colorful, right? You can be very comfortable and still be very attractive and fashionable. Um, right now I have discovered how to basically wear pajamas 24 hours a day that make me look really dressed up, right? So like 
I, God, I just, I have a lot of different textures of pants that are, they're not like sweatpants or exercise pants, but they're like velvet velour kind of pants. And I've got these uh, pants that are like these flowy dresses. Um, they're in bright colors or red or what, like they're very bright colored and they're very pretty and they're very attractive. And I would wear them in public and they're also fit like pajama. Well, one pair actually is a pair of pajama pants, straight up. I get compliments on those pants every time I go out. And it's not because I'm too lazy to put on my pajamas. It's because my pajamas make me feel good. I bought pajamas that I like enough to wear out in public. Imagine that. So do not think that your clothes are not colorful because they're more comfortable. They're not. I promise you. I guarantee it. If you're going to put on any kind of lip moisture stuff, it takes less time for me to put on the lipstick that I use that stays on all day long than it does for you to put your chapstick on 12 times a day, which actually has a chemical in it that makes your lips peel off. That's why they feel smooth. It's because the chemical is drying out the surface of your lips and peeling it off all day long. It's not because you're actually getting moisture, but I put on a uh, cover girl color stay eight under eight bucks um, in the morning. And I sometimes will have it on the next morning. People think I put lipstick on to go to the gym and sometimes I do, but often it's just the lipstick from yesterday. It's just a stain. And if you exfoliate your lips, um, with your toothbrush or, um, some kind of hand exfoliation, then your lipstick will stay on all day if it's a stain like CoverGirl color stay. Anyway, my point is how you look will affect how you feel in this quarantine. I guarantee it. If you do nothing else for yourself, put on some lipstick, brush out your hair, put a pretty hair thing on. I wear a lot of jewelry for energetic reasons. So I have certain crystals. I have, um, certain, a, a ring, some earring. Like I, I'm conscious of what I'm wearing every day. Even if I never leave the house, I am conscious of what I'm wearing. I want the energy of this ring because it makes me feel wealthy. I want to wear these earrings because they were my grandmother's. I am wearing this shirt today, a very cute, bright pink shirt today um, that my grandmother owned. And I got it after she died in whatever chain of inheritance that happened. It ended up in my closet. And today I thought, oh, I want to wear like a bright pink. Um, and I'm wearing a, a very pretty aqua teal colored um, pants that wear like a skirt, right? So I look very cute. I've got jewelry on. It took less than five minutes to make it happen. But all day long, I feel good. So coloring, being careful about what you watch on TV, um, wearing what feels good, making sure you do things at the same time every day and just get into a rhythm. Go outside. This one I have to remind myself to do. Like this is actually one of the harder ones for me to remember to do to keep myself on track doing is going outside because it's Colorado. So there are months and we're just moving out of those months where I don't want to be outside. It's cold. It's gross. I hate it. I don't like being cold. I don't want to be out there. Like I am not a skier. This does not feel like go outside weather to me, but it's March and I can put on a coat and I can go out into the sunshine. Like just being outside, there is a science that says that's going to feel better to you. It just is. Get outside. So I am committing to getting outside every single day, whether that's to sit on my porch in the sunshine or actually now it's going to have to be walking because they closed the gym. So I'm going to have to make sure that I'm getting a good hour of walking outside or watching yoga with Adrian on YouTube. And that will keep me in my aerobic and my mindful exercise. 
Y'all, if you've never done yoga, that shit is hard. If you want to talk about strength training, I get more strength training from yoga than I do my regular kickboxing practice. And I go to a hardcore kickboxing class. It's no joke. I take a lot of modifications because it's really hard. Um, but I, I, yoga's harder. Yoga's harder than kickboxing because you're, you're, you're doing things that require your brain. Right. And so yoga is beautiful for your brain as well, because if you want to get your brain to a place of non-thought, which is very restful, very restful for your brain to get to a place of non, non-thought, which is one of the benefits of meditation is to get your brain to a place of non-thought is rest. Well, yoga will get you there because if your mind wanders, then you will fall down. So yoga is a great practice in terms of movement meditation. And I very much believe in movement meditation. All exercise is meditation. It's movement meditation, especially exercise like running or walking or bike riding or kickboxing or yoga or all the other exercises. I don't know as much about like weight lifting as meditation, but I'm sure that it is. It moves things around in your brain. It gives your brain all kinds of positive um, chemicals, right? So just like watching the news, it's really bad for your brain because of the chemicals. Exercise is really good for your brain because of different chemicals. And it does get your brain to a place of rest because your body is so physically strained. You have to focus on that, which means that you can't keep thinking about that fight you had last week with your friend. Or that that thing that your boss said to you. You can't keep thinking about that in the same way. And if you are thinking about that while you exercise, it helps your body release that, right? It helps your body release that. So movement is huge. And now I want to talk to you about the weirdest one. Like the weirdest, weirdest thing I have discovered in a long time is ASMR. ASMR. Now, this is a YouTube phenomenon. It's new. I'm not even sure they knew this was a thing that happens with brains before YouTube. Um, but somehow people started putting, um, videos of really slow, non-interesting, totally ordinary activity. And it started to catch on. And so now it's like a whole thing. ASMR. I didn't look that up specifically for you to um, know what that means. But basically, your brain has a response to witnessing certain sounds, activities, visuals. Um, and the brain response is called ASMR right? And you get tingles. You know that really, really good feeling? Like maybe you could experience it right now if you um just take the inside of your arm and just very slowly uh, tickle. Just slowly tickle on your arm on the inside. Tickle, 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 tickle. You might have gotten a tingle or just like a very calming sensation. I just got a very calming sensation. It's just a, such a delicate little feeling, you know, like, but it's, it's a really good one. It's a really good feeling. So my, I have discovered that my brain is very responsive to ASMR. And it's the first time I think that I've really understood that it's possible to think nothing, to have no thought, to reach a state of non-thought. And I, 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 I have meditated for 18 years. All right. Like I have meditated. It is part of my practice. I continue to do it stubbornly. Um, and I have seen benefits, of course, uh, over time, but I have never been able to reach a consistent non thought state, but I can do that with ASMR. My favorites are um, whispering, uh, touch. I like to watch other people get touched. Isn't that fun? <laughs> I think it has something very much to do with like a maternal need that we have as humans 
regardless of how well we were parented or mothered, we all have this need to be nurtured. And, um, you know, sometimes we don't have that. Like I remember, gosh, I remember after my divorce, I had not had, um, touch like really trusting positive touch for so long that I would go to yoga. And at the very end, uh, this uh, teacher would touch me just on the forehead with a, an essential oil, like the lightest touch, like the just almost nothing, and it would make me weep. Because there are things that we need fundamentally, and maybe they aren't present in our life, but I now know through ASMR that you can get them even if you are alone in your house. So watching someone get a massage hair brushing. Um, they do these things called role play. So when people are, they're like looking at the camera and pretending it's you. So it's like you're looking at them and they're pretending to do your makeup or cut your hair or, um, God, they even have medical exams. Like it gets weird people. I, it definitely gets weird. There's even ASMR pornography. It gets weird. Some people like to watch other people eat, which sounds like the weirdest, grossest thing ever. But you have to consider that eating is also a very connective thing that we do together, right? Like it's one of the primary ways people connect. It's over a meal, right? So if you're watching a video and it's of what you would see if you were having a meal with someone, that can produce a positive response. I have been so shocked at how my brain responds to this. And I hope this works for you because it is such a lovely feeling. So I used to just get so exhausted that by midday, I would have to take a nap. And the nap could literally last five hours and I still would not feel refreshed. Now, I had Epstein-Barr. It was viral. There are reasons why. I felt so exhausted, but also I didn't ever get refreshed. So then when I started feeling better, I would have the worst naps ever because I wouldn't be able to dive deep in and just get really, really, really asleep because my brain wasn't completely turning off. But now I just turn on an ASMR video and lay down and I don't even have to go into a deep sleep. My brain actually goes into a state of rest that is refreshing and I can just get up after this ASMR video and I feel like I imagine everybody else feels after they've taken a nap. Because whenever they're talking about this miracle 20 minute nap, I'm always like, this has been like some kind of unachievable, unattainable goal for me is a solid 20 minute nap that makes you feel refreshed has been a foreign experience. But with ASMR, I can feel lovely after my brain sort of gets that uh, rest period, uh, a recharge, I guess. Um, Yesterday, I watched someone put oil in a bottle for like 20 minutes. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. Like they were using a dropper and a clear bottle and they were just putting the oil in the bottle for like 20 minutes. And it was so soothing to my brain. I had worked myself up in trying to fill out some paperwork and not understanding how best to do it. I had worked myself up into a state of freeze, right? Paralysis. Like I, I, I don't know what choice to make. So I'm frozen and I can't make a choice. I had worked myself up into this state where I was like, oh my God, I just have to go lay down. And I just watched someone play with oil in a bottle with a dropper for 20 minutes and my brain got so much rest during that 20 minutes that I was able to then get up and go about my business. Like, I seriously cannot say enough times that you should go watch some ASMR. And if one of those videos doesn't work, you should watch some different kinds of ASMR because There are so many different kinds of ASMR that you can't say, oh, ASMR doesn't work for me unless you've seen all different kinds because some of them are just freaking irritating. Like there are some ASMR videos that I've been like, how is this relaxing for anyone? It's like, you know, chalkboard and nails for me. 
but the other ones produce such a beautifully, lovely, deliciously relaxed state that it's it's almost orgasmic, except for you're so much more relaxed than it. I mean, I guess an orgasm maybe is a little more violent. It's just this big climax, right? But uh, but it's like having your arm, the inside of your arm tickled. It's like that, like just that really lovely, good feeling. Like right now, I think just getting to a state of brain neutral is really useful because there's so much information. So in review, you're allowed to have any feeling that you want. You're allowed to have any feeling that comes up and you don't know what to do with. You do not have to feel ashamed of your feelings. You do not have to feel ungrateful being worried about your finances. You do not feel, you don't have to feel ungrateful if you're worried that your um, current medication might become unable to get because all the doctors are, you are allowed to feel whatever feeling that comes up. No shame. Here's what you can do with those feelings. You can write them in a journal that no one has to read ever. And you can just get them out of your body and off your mind. My mind will continue to repeat something that it feels is important until I do something with it. The only thing that you have to do with it is write it out. So many times you may think that you need to confront a person or have a conversation or whatever, but you don't. All you have to do is write it out on paper. Now it's not in your brain anymore. Now you can move on. You can move forward. It just wants to be honored and acknowledged. That's all your feelings want to do. They want to be honored and acknowledged. If you honor them and acknowledge them, now you have room to take in new information for new solutions. So just write them out. When I say journal, I mean get a pen and some paper and just scribble everything that's on your mind out until you run out. And then you will have done a deeply profound, vulnerable, sacred act for yourself. So non-judgment journaling, routine, do the same thing every single day, do the same thing every single day. I know you don't have to. I know you can do anything you want, but your body and your brain are happiest when you do the same things every day at the same time every day. That is what makes a mammal's body happy. Look at your cat or your dog. They want to do the same thing every day. You are a mammal. No worse, no better. Your body, your brain wants to do the same thing every day. So let it do that. Create a structure around your life and your work right now. Get dressed. Get dressed, make your bed, clean your house. Get dressed, make your bed, clean your house, eat good food, right? Like what you wear will matter. It has mattered the whole time and maybe you didn't know that because you were thinking you were going out in the world and dressing for other people. No, you dress for yourself. You wear colorful clothing because it makes you happier. And I promise you 100%, it does make you happier. You don't have to be uncomfortable to look cute. If you're in quarantine and you've had to dress up in your office shit, I am definitely not suggesting that you dress up in office shit. I am suggesting that you find some really cute, comfortable clothes and wear them around your house. This is a chance to reinvent yourself fashion-wise, redecorate, put some paint on your walls, move some things around, 100% promise that will affect the way you feel. Making your bed, I stopped doing it for a while and I recently have started doing it again because it really, it just, it like even sometimes I'll make my bed and then I'll be like, okay, time for my nap and crawl right back in it. But there's something about it, the physical gesture of it that says, okay, I'm starting a day. Even if I'm going to be back here for a nap in four hours, I'm starting a day. Even if I'm going to come and lay down here for, uh, you know, my midday brain break, uh, the bed is made, the house is clean. Right now, I'm going to be doing a one chore, one big chore a day 
which is what I do in breaks and summers with my kids when we're home together, is one major chore a day. So vacuuming, weeding the garden, cleaning out the garage, uh, cleaning the bathrooms. These are one major chore a day jobs. They're bigger. Um, you know, laundry, like whatever. Like just you want to put some structure around that shit. You want to say, okay, I'm stuck at home with my kids for the next who knows how long. If we have a one major chore a day rule, that means that I can have my kids working on something significant. They'll feel achieved. The house won't get into chaos, which is so easy when you're home all the time. It's to go into chaos if you don't have some pretty significant um, structures around that. And I'll, I'll, God, come over to Patreon. I have entire courses about this on Patreon. I have entire courses about how to structure a day, how to make your time um, really effective. Uh, and your your day is going to be reframed. So you might as well reframe it and restructure it in a way that's beneficial to your work, your life, your body, your kids, your home, and your mental health, right? And physical health. Um, you know, I have entire things about 20 minute smackdowns. My kids and I have this system that we use to get the house back in order on a weekly basis or at any point when I look around the house and I go, I can't live like this. Right. So, um, you want structure, you want color, like you want to shake it up just the right amount. You know, you want to shake up your wardrobe, just the right amount, not anything that's going to do something stupid to your pocketbook. And not any, please, please, people, don't do something stupid to your pocketbook right now. <laughs> Go outside, get some exercise, do ASMR, color, watch TV, but only the right TV, meditate. And if that means you have to watch an ASMR video instead of sitting quietly and letting your brain run, that's perfectly valid, right? So no shame for whatever you're feeling or whatever you're worried about, just do something healthy with it, right? Just don't don't be destructive with it. This is not a great time to decide that you're going to start drinking again. It's not a great time to decide that you need to start smoking again. It's not a great time to decide that you can just stop exercising forever, right? Rhythm, rhythm, rhythm. A happy life is one that has a lot of rhythm. Fewer choices, more habits. Okay, how to be alone. Cultivate the kind of person you want to hang out with. Okay, Patreon. TracySue.com slash Patreon or Patreon.com slash TracySue. Please subscribe because I am putting these out and then deleting them sometimes because I feel like they're not things that I want. Um, I don't know. To be out in public and to let the masters of the internet do anything they want with it. So I'm putting some out and then putting them on Patreon, or I am creating more content and putting it on Patreon. And I have all of these um, things that I've already created that are accessible on Patreon. So come on over and subscribe. Love you.